Has your business grown fat and lazy? Do you suffer from we've always done it this way syndrome? I'm going to show you how you can get more for less. It's time to love your business with Love Your Business TV. Here's your host, Adrian Peck. Welcome to Love Your Business TV. And like a lovely lady says, I am Adrian Peck. I'm the founder of Better Never Stops. We deliver business advice and coaching programs to entrepreneurs and business owners who run or want to run £1 million plus businesses. I am also the author of How to Fall Back in Love with Your Business, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Rediscovering Your Mojo and Enjoying Every Day by Living Your Dream. So in this show, I'm going to explore with you how you can make your business faster, slicker and a lot more efficient. And what I see in a lot of businesses and, and where this all comes from, as businesses grow older and as they grow from, from kind of that um, seedling of, a, of an idea into a business and up to kind of a million pound and a million pound plus turnover, uh, what I see happen with businesses is they can very easily grow fat and lazy. And they, uh, because they, uh, they don't really necessarily evolve and evolve their processes. They kind of get very much stuck in, this is how we've always done it mode. Now, there's a great quote uh, by Charles Darwin. And uh, I think this quote is so apt. Uh, obviously, in this, he's talking about species and about animals. And, but I think it's so, so apt about businesses. And I'll, and I'll explain why in a second. So he says, it's not the most intelligent of the species that survives. It's not the strongest that survives, but it's the one that is the most responsive to change. Now, of course, Charles Darwin was talking about uh, was talking about animals and species, and but I think it's so so relevant with businesses, and, and I'll show you why. Um, this is a, a cartoon. I actually had this uh, this drawn uh, just for us, um, and I think to me it epitomizes so many businesses that get stuck in that way of we've always done it this way syndrome. In the fact, you know, underneath this this cartoon, you could just write it underneath it. You know, the dinosaurs on this cartoon are all got their heads up in the trees. They're ignoring what's going on around them, and they, uh, you know, we're oh well, we're we're far too busy anyway. We like our business just the way it is. They're in a comfortable pair of shoes. The reality is that businesses move on, and if you don't move on, you don't evolve your business, um, you will not survive. You will become a dinosaur. And I think, uh, given the current climate that we're in, and the current way uh, that. Uh, business is happening at the moment, there's no truer time that this is so relevant. What is amazing, of course, is there are um, what there's, what's now called disruptors that now come into certain industries, certain sectors, and they have completely changed the way that business is done in those sectors. Um, you only have to look at the story of Amazon and how Amazon um, have changed uh, the way that we shop but if you think early doors, right back to when they really started, they were all about books and CDs and DVDs as they went on to as well. But they were very much about books and disrupting the book market. And, I, and not many people realize this, but actually um, Amazon, when you buy a book, a physical book from Amazon, it's actually print on demand. They have all the machinery in place that can literally print that book and post it out to you completely automated. That's how they revolutionized 
the whole of that industry. And if you look at how they then changed their shopping platform and how they've evolved that, it is an amazing organization. Um, you look at companies like Airbnb. Airbnb is the largest provider of accommodation and they don't own a single facility. They do not own a single hotel um, or accommodation provision. That is phenomenal. And if you were to go back and think about that for, you know, for a bit, go, well, how can that happen? They just changed the way um, that they now do business and how accommodation is now provided. Um, Netflix. I read the story from Netflix last year um, with um, Mark Randolph. Um, fascinating book uh, that tells you all the story about Netflix and how they evolved. An absolute fascinating story. And considering where they are now, I mean, they were literally, you know, posting out uh, DVDs as they were then, just as the DVD market was taking off. Um, and you think what they're, what they're doing now. Um, Uber, Uber is the largest provider of, of, of transportation, um, but they don't own a single car. Um, and the way Tesla is going about their business, again, I read um, Elon Musk's book uh, earlier this year, and, and it's an amazing story about how they innovate and constantly innovate. Uh, and then you've got places, uh, people like uh, Monzo and Starling Bank that are really changing the, um, uh, the landscape of banking. You know, uh, Monzo, um, the last I heard, there was up to over 2 million customers they had inside, I think it's about two years, two and a half years. They're already up to that size of customer base. It's super easy to use. It's all app-based and they have no high street presence. Um, and that's how they've taken so much cost out of the whole uh, process with it. Now, one of the things that they've done, and I read their accounts a while back, was they, they changed their cost to serve a customer. So obviously, uh, even to serve any customer uh, in any guise, uh, their cost was about, I think it was something around about 80 or 90 pounds per year. And that brought that down to, to around 30 pounds. And this was back um, about two years ago now. So it just shows you how they've changed that format, how they've changed the platform, and how they've reduced costs by using innovation. So, um, you probably think, well, that's all well and good. That's big businesses, Adrian. That's kind of, you know, that doesn't really apply to my business. But that's the point. It does apply to your business. If you do not change your business and evolve, you will get stuck and you will be a dinosaur. You know, make no bounds about it. It's either that or you will carry on um, having very poor performance and very poor uh, profits out of your business because you're reluctant to change. You need to change. You need to evolve your business. And I'm going to share with you now some stuff and, and some thoughts really about how you can do that and how you can uh, make those changes to those business, particularly in your processes, because that's where a lot of cost gets sucked up and tied up. So what I want to um, to kind of how I want to frame this, I want to give you some lessons from Formula One and the way that the Formula One is about I'm a. Um, I'm a total petrol head if it's really known. I love my cars. I've been in cars, in bowling cars from a very young, young age, and I love cars. And I'm also a big, big fan of Formula One. But one of the amazing things about Formula One is the detail they go into and how they constantly strive to get their cars around that track uh, and, um, and their teams uh, faster, slicker, and more efficient. 
and at less cost as well. They, they, believe it or not, they are well up against it in terms of cost. But I want to just share with you a clip. Obviously, if on a podcast, it's very difficult to see this clip. Um, but I want to just share this clip. Um, what I'll do is I'll just talk you through it. It's actually a top and bottom of two pit stops. One pit stop is in 1981 and one is in 19, uh, sorry, in 2019. And I'll just see if I can play this. Uh, so the two cars come in the pit. Um, and already the 2019, the 2019 car has gone. The, 20, the 1981 car is still in the pits. Uh, yes, it has a problem with the wheel, uh, and it's now about to leave. It's now about to leave. It's now leaving. So hopefully you got some idea there of the difference in the time that those two cars were in the pits. Um, you know, the the time now for a Formula One car is around about two seconds. This um, that. Pit stop was in 1981. That was also just changing tyres. Um, I think the average around that time was about eight or nine seconds uh, was changing a tyre. Now, what's changed? Because the cars haven't changed necessarily. It's how they've approached it. You, in eight or nine seconds now, uh, what the difference would be you now, it's kind of six or seven seconds. Um, that would put you last um, in a Formula One race now. You just wouldn't be anywhere near it because the times are so close, they've come down so much. So the, the question I'm going to you really around Formula One is who's the customer? Now in that scenario of that car coming into the pits, who's the customer? And my analogy here really is about that, the, the person in that car is the customer. The car and the driver are the customer for that Formula One team. That's why they need to get that car in and out of the pits faster and slicker. And that's my analogy for your business. Now, I just want to take that analogy on and I want you to think about uh, the processes in your business. So again, for those guys on the podcast, we've got a racetrack here uh, with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, uh, about 11 or 12 curves in it. So it's a really windy track, um, and as you can imagine. And this really represents your business. And these, all the processes and every single interaction in your business is a curve. It's something that slows the whole process down. Now, sometimes you might meaningly put uh, processes in to slow it down. Um, but really, you want your customer and your customer journey to be as fast and as slick and as efficient as possible. Therefore, what you really want is an oval. If you were talking about racetracks here, you want an oval where your car, your, your customers whizzing around that track, you know, in a, in a, as fast as possible without any um, bends at all, without any processes. Now, clearly you can't have a, you know, a Santa pod, you can't have a drag track because that means your customers would go in and out of your business without interaction. You know, the idea of each bend, the, each bend is a customer interaction. It's something that slows it down. It's something that takes speed out of the car. Uh, and it also costs you time and money because you think about a Formula One car. Every time it goes around a bend, it's costing it more. It costing it more time and more money. You know, tire wear, etc., etc. So you kind of get the analogy how it comes out. So the idea is, I want you to start thinking about your businesses as that racetrack, and you're getting that Formula. Your customer is the Formula One car, and you need to get them in and out of the pits and round that track as fast as humanly possible. You know, slicker more efficient. 
And that's kind of my, my urgency to you. So how do you do it? How do you how are you going to get um, your car around that track faster and slicker? Um, there's three. Uh, I'm going to share with you kind of three steps to doing it. Really, um, step one is about reviewing your processes. Step two is looking at marginal gains, and then step three is better never stops. So let's look at margin um, in terms of that step one and looking at your um, at your business processes. Now, as I said to you at the start of this, what happens in businesses as they grow is they get fat and lazy. I've seen it time and time and time again. And very rarely will a business go, actually, let's stop a minute. Let's just go back to our whole process and let's look at our customer journey and look at what's happening. What they will do instead is they will go, hmm, we, we're getting busier and busier. We need more people. We need more people, Adrian, because we're so busy. And that's something I hear time and time and time again for businesses. And they're on this recruitment drive because they perceive the only way to combat and get their businesses um, to operate faster is to put more bodies behind it. Very, very rarely do they stop and actually relook at those whole business processes and look how they can get it faster, slicker, and particularly putting automation in place as well. So what I'm going to share with you, um, and I'm going to share the form with you uh, in the show notes for this, but what I've developed is a, is a really simple uh, window. So it's a, it's a, it's a four-part window, um, and the window has four key um, squares to it. So the first uh, top left is business critical. So you, if, you, if you imagine now you draw yourself um, a window, a four square window in one of those squares you're going to write business critical um, in the next top square you're going to write customer value and then underneath that um, you'll write no value and then under business critical you put not critical so the idea is is that you're going to go through each one of your steps and your processes in your business um, and this works really well if you can kind of do it on a big flip chart or you do it on a, on a big wall and you divide a wall up into your kind of four big squares. Um, but anything that is uh, you have to do as part of any process you have to do as part of your business, it's critical to your business. You put that, um, you know, a post-it note with that business step or that process step onto business critical. OK, um, any process that you go through and any step that you take that's critical and adds value to the customer, you stick it in, the, you stick it on a post-it note and you stick it in the value, customer value square. OK, and you go through all these types of things. You start putting business critical, business value. What you'll also come up against is you will start finding processes where you need to really, really question it. And you will say, why do we do that step? Now, you will hear back those famous words that are because we've always done it this way or it's because this is what we do. We've always done it like this. That's how we do it. Sometimes you'll get back. Hmm, actually, I don't know why we do this step. It's just something that John used to do and therefore Peter now starts doing it or whatever. You kind of get the point. Um, and those steps you can start putting into that not critical, no value. And when you've got all your processes laid out and they're either going to be in the, you know, the, the business critical or the customer critical uh, window, 
I then you want you to really, really evaluate them and actually see what processes you can move down into the not critical and no value. Now, clearly, if you've got processes that or steps that you're taking in your process that are not critical or they have no value, then why are you doing them? The other part of it is how many of those business critical steps are that critical? What would happen if you stopped doing it? If you stopped doing that process or that step, would it affect customer value? Now, clearly you've got some stuff that is, it may be you, do to, you have to do for compliance reason or um, ISO or quality um, processes that don't necessarily add value, but they are business critical because they are um, important to the business in terms of you know, hanging on to a credibility space. But I want you to really, really be honest and really, really drill into each one of those process steps and just really ask that question. What would happen if we stopped doing this step? What would happen if we stopped doing this process? Now, remember, your customer doesn't want that friction. They don't want to go around those bends. They want their, they really want their, their process in a single straight line. Now, clearly that can't happen. There has to be some bends. There has to be some friction um, and interaction with the organization. And that's also quite important. At times you can purposely put those interactions in to provide value and to um, give that personal touch. So I'm not saying that you need to take all that part of it out, just be really critical about what slows it down for no apparent reason. And then the second step to all this then is about marginal gains. I'm, I'm a huge fan of, if you've listened to any of these previous podcasts, you'll know I'm a huge fan of marginal gains and about that having that habit in your business of constantly looking about the little things you can change. Now, the whole point about marginal gains is all the little changes add up. If you take the whole Formula One journey, uh, there was a race last year um, I'm trying to remember now which, which Formula One race it was. There was a race last year which was literally uh, won and lost on a on a pit stop. And it literally, the I think the outcome was about three or four tenths of a second was the difference between Lewis Hamilton winning that race uh, and um, Bottas coming second. Uh, that's how fine those margins are. Now, that's why those margins then are so important in Formula One and that's why, um, you know, each one of those almost nanoseconds to us, why that's so important uh, to, to them. But look at the same things in your business. It may not seem a big thing that you're going to take this process out and it's going to save 10 minutes. Woo, 10 minutes. But actually, when you save 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there and 10 minutes there and 10 minutes, all of a sudden now that's half an hour. Now, those three steps of saving now, that's now half an hour change for your business. And if you're trying to scale that business, that's quite a lot of time when you start putting 100 orders through it per, per day or per week. You know, that's a lot of time changes. So think about and look, focus on those marginal gains. It's the little changes you can make that all add up. So the third step. Um, so the first step is to review the, review the processes. 
The second step is to get all those little marginal gains and put them in place. Um, the third step then is about better never stops constant review process you need those constant reviews in your business i want you to create a culture imagine if everybody came to work every day that worked for your organization and all they wanted to do was make their job better every single day and they wanted a better experience for that customer imagine how powerful that would be for your organization so think about how you can put that culture into your business how can you get those whole thoughts in their business how can we do this better how can we do this better? Um, the Chinese and Japanese and um, some of the car plants in the UK as well are absolutely brilliant at this. And they have it as a cultural part of their business. Um, and they're constantly working and striving to you know, improve efficiency and improve how they work and, and work slicker and better. So if you want some more uh, more help on this, uh, please feel free to reach out on me. Uh, there's lots more free um, business tools and helps around uh, this particular step and improving business steps. Um, it's all in the efficiency part of success. Uh, and it's all, of course, in my book. Uh, just reach out to me and get a free copy of that um, at betterneverstops.global. Um, and also you can get the free tools by going to betterneverstops.global and then free tools as well. I hope that's been super useful. If you want to catch up on any previous episodes of Love Your Business TV, just jump on to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google. Uh, we're also on Facebook and YouTube if you want to see the videos. Uh, just um, jump onto those. Just uh, search for loveyourbusiness.tv or Love Your Business TV and you will find those channels on there. Uh, just one last thing, you know, my vision is very much to inspire ambitious people to live extraordinary lives. How do I do that? Um, obviously by helping business owners like you, but also when you uh, engage with me in whatever level that might be, um, I use the B1G1 platform uh, to then make good happen anywhere, everywhere else in the world as well. Um, and for, particularly for the podcast and Love Your Business TV, every single time that uh, one of our shows is watched or listened to, uh, we provide a day's worth of literacy and business training to entrepreneurial ladies in Uganda. And so far this year, um, we have generated or we've provided an amazing 676 days of literacy and business training uh, to those ladies. So on their behalf, Thank you very much. Um, that's what you do. And that's how uh, we help the rest of the world uh, just by you watching or listening to a show. Um, so as always, uh, if you want to reach out to me, it's adrian.peck at peckuk.com. Stay safe. And remember, better never stops. Love your business TV. Thank you. next week and don't forget to subscribe